0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into the post-game version of Shout a Buffalo Football Podcast brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets. Whether you're celebrating at home or away today, the Bills get their tenth win of the season, beating the Atlanta Falcons 29 to 15. So I'd imagine a lot of you are celebrating. Topps has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football entertaining or any occasion. Ryan Talbot, how are you this evening, buddy?
1: Hey, doing great. Uh, another big Bills win. It wasn't always pretty, but clinch a playoff berth, Matt. Fourth time in five seasons. Uh, a lot to kind of dig into in that game. But, you know, if you're a Bills fan, you're feeling pretty good. You, you, you've you punched the ticket for the postseason. You put yourself in a spot to win the AFCs next week. So all seems pretty well right now if you're a Bills fan.
0: The only thing that could have maybe gone better for the Bills, and it depends on, I guess, how you look at it, like the Ravens losing immediately um, clinched the Bills a playoff spot. That was kind of the first thing that needed to happen. But had the Ravens won, it would have kept the possibility, I think, alive of the Indianapolis Colts not even making the playoffs after mm-hmm. they lost to the Las Vegas Raiders today. There may still be a scenario where uh, the the Colts can uh, miss the playoffs, but I, I was messing around with the playoff machine and I did not find it. So I'm going to dig into that a little bit more. Again, I don't think there should be any team that if you're the Bills or a Bills fan that you're scared to play. Uh, I think that there's, you know, ways to beat every team in the AFC, including the Bills. Um, But if you could avoid the Colts, who I think just are really good, strong, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, it might be something uh, interesting. We'll get into this game, Uh, but there was actually on on the Wednesday show, there was a request, Ryan, a viewer wanted us to get into a certain topic, and it was how you pronounce the word falcon. (laughs) I always say
1: Falcon. I always, Atlanta Falcons. That's what I've always said. I don't know. So here's must the funny that. thing.
0: Go ahead. So, so I Googled it, right? And yeah. the first thing that comes up is that in old Brit, British English, the correct pronunciation was Falcon. So you were just a little bit before your time, okay. honestly, is where we're at.
1: Yeah, Downton Abbey's. I, that's just where I'm pulling it in. I'm just, <laughs> you know, that just must be where I picked it up from. But, yeah, no, I, I – pronounce some you know even our team mascot in uh high school were the warriors and i always people are like you say that weird and i'm like well you know salamanca axe i don't know what to tell you but yeah honestly
0: at this point if you started saying falcon i'd probably kick you off the show that day or i'd mute you i'd I'd, I'd put you in timeout again so you just keep being you i love the way you say it um all right let's get into this game uh i think we got to start with the running game and i think more like jarring in this game was the lack of a passing game an effective passing game it was obviously cold I think that that uh, affected some drops early in the game some balls that Josh Allen kind of put on a couple guys that weren't caught and I wonder how much that that kind of you know uh, affected him moving forward three interceptions for Josh Allen uh, today had a quarterback rating of 17 in this game it was just an abysmal game from a, a passing perspective but The silver lining in all of this is that the Bills finally found their run game, 230 yards on the ground, four rushing touchdowns, two for Devin Singletary. I was even surprised when I was looking it up, Ryan. Devin Singletary's first career two-touchdown rushing effort in a game. I mean, this maybe could be a blessing in disguise. As bad as this offense was looking for a stretch there uh, midway through the second quarter and into the third quarter before they went on that touchdown drive, you know they found their run game a little bit today.
1: Yeah, and that's huge. Listen, we've we've been talking about two things leading up to the playoffs: the run game and the pass rush, and both were kind of uh, showed some signs of life today. But starting with Devin Singletary, we've been talking about him for the last two weeks, Matt. He's just been outstanding since that Carolina Panthers game. Uh didn't look like it with the yard per carry average at the end of that matchup, but he he really was picking up tough yards in that game. Last week against the Patriots, uh, really balanced as a a rusher and a receiver, had a score there as well. And and then uh, you get to this week's game, 100 yards plus rushing on the ground, two touchdowns. He has been really effective in the red zone in terms of those red zone carries when the Bills dial up his number. And I know he doesn't have the size of Zach Moss, uh, he's not that better, in, but he's finding ways to punch it into the ends. And so I think they have found something there. He's really established himself as that true number one back. And then kudos to Zach Moss. I thought Moss had a really nice game today as well. Uh, almost 40 yards, and I believe it was uh, five carries. So at almost eight yards per carry today. Did a really nice job as that number two back for Buffalo. It, it's what you want to see heading into the playoffs because we saw in the elements today The way Josh Allen throws that ball, it's hard for the receivers to haul it in. He was a little off the mark on some passes. They might have to run a little bit more uh, if they get to host at least one playoff game, which if they win the division next week, that's what will occur. A little worrisome with the passing game, but at least the run game showed some signs of life today.
0: The elements are going to be the, co- the constant conversation here as we move forward and what they look like in them. I mean, no matter where they play, I mean, they could go technically they could go to Nashville uh, and have some cold weather at this time of year. Obviously, Kansas City has had some pretty historic snow games over the years as well, if I'm remembering correctly. Maybe not. If they have a home game, which it's looking right, at least they'll start the playoffs there. I mean, snow could be a factor. And I felt like snow today you know, was a factor in in holding this Bills offense back from really opening things up against the Falcons. But I think it's important to be able to find some adjustments when you're the good part of your offense isn't going so good. And we know how good this passing game has been, you know, for the most part this season, you know, obviously some lulls in there. You go back to the Jacksonville game. I saw some people tweeting about that as the game was kind of going along today and the the offense kind of hit that. Uh, you know, a rut there in the second quarter. Uh Uh-oh, Jacksonville all over again. But the Bills found an answer to that, and I thought they adjusted to it. And, you know, there are going to be times. Listen, it's hard to extrapolate too much moving forward from this based on this one run performance. I know that, you know, Sean McDermott and Dawson Knox talked about it today being, I think Josh Allen too, being a two-dimensional offense. I don't know if running all over the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, excuse me, is going to do that for you, is going to kind of get you to the where you need to be in terms of proving it against better run defenses as you're going to likely face in the playoffs. But it's good to at least have that happen so that now you continue to kind of build the, the confidence level for Devin Singletary. And this, is, this was Zach Moss's kind of game, and I thought he had, to your point, some really good physical runs.
1: Yeah, this is what you want entering the playoffs with your backs. uh, Feeling that they can be effective on the ground, they can put up some points when needed in terms of when you get near the end zone keeping defenses on is that's what the Bills are going to need come playoff time because like you said you're you're playing some better teams overall you're just playing some some great opponents in the playoffs regardless of his wild card weekend or the championship game or the super bowl so the the Bills are going to have some tough tests uh, up ahead and if they can keep that run game going if Singletary enters the playoffs you know sky high confidence which he should with one game left against the Jets here coming up next week uh, then, then that could be a good thing for this Bills offense, but obviously they have to clean up some things in the passing game as Josh Allen alluded to post game. Let's go to the pass rush a little bit. I, w- I was pleasantly surprised that we talked about it in the Twitter spaces pregame. I said Matt Ryan's going to hold the ball a little bit longer than some of these other quarterbacks. Uh, they've played as of late and I thought that the pass rush kind of answered the bell to a certain extent today. Matt, what did you think?
0: Agreed. Four uh, or five sacks, four of them by defensive linemen, uh, one for Greg Rousseau, one for Mario Addison. Addison probably should have had two. He went, let one slip out of mm. his hands. And that that continues to be a little bit of an issue for Addison. I feel like he's he's probably missed as many sacks as he's gotten this season, which, you know, it has to be a level of frustration there for him and, you know, the Bills coaching staff. But listen, he gets a sack, his fifth on the season. He's trending in the right direction. I feel like and you, you look at Jerry Hughes he's still kind of looking for that sack that takes him over the two uh, uh a threshold. So so that's you know what it is in its own right. But Rousseau to me this was a big time game for him today. You know, we've been talking about now months worth of games without any of those big splash plays and at times, you know, he's been pretty drastically outplayed by Effie Obata, who's been, you know, earned a little bit more time. I thought he came out today. He looked to kind of make his presence known. And that play was a huge play earlier in the game to get the Bills the ball back, you know, uh, force a turnover, uh, get a sack. Uh, he hasn't had one in a while. That was a big time play. It was three, four, five, six, seven, eight quarterback hits today for the Buffalo Bills. I think they've tried to make Matt Ryan uncomfortable. I think that it worked. He finished the game. Uh, going 13 of 23, 56%, 197 yards. Most of that, you know, uh, inconsequential, I felt like. And I thought this defense played really good. Nobody more than Harrison Phillips. We can get into him a little bit more in depth, but I thought overall this defensive line, to your point, was really good today.
1: Yeah, you mentioned it. Rousseau made the biggest play of the defensive lineman's I strip sack. Bills were up 7-2 at that point. Uh, Led to their second touchdown of the game. And, and at that point, it looked like the Bills were kind of going to run away with things. But then you have Harrison Phillips, who recovers that uh, strip sack. He has a sack of his own. He's been playing at an extremely high level as of late. Uh, You mentioned Mario Addison adding a sack at Oliver as well. So you're starting to see, again, that was one of the areas that we've said they haven't been effective, they haven't been effective. They were effective on Sunday. It's a start. Can they do that next week against Zach Wilson? Can they do that in the playoffs against uh, some of these quarterbacks that don't hold the ball that long? That'll be the, the true test. I'm not sure they can. I, like I said, they might have to wait until the offseason to really address that via free agency or more realistically, again, maybe via the draft, if, if they can find the right player, that right prospect. But it's an encouraging sign nonetheless.
0: I want to get into Harrison Phillips a little bit. He was a man possessed today. Three quarterback hits, like I mentioned, the sack, and just really, really good in the run game. Usually when something good has been happening recently in the run game, Harrison Phillips been a, has been around the pile, been around the ball. And this is a huge development. I mean, I barely noticed Star uh, Star late today. Did he play? I, I can't remember a, a single uh, snap, and we don't have the no, snap count out, out yet. No. I'm wondering if they just ran – the, um, you know, F.E. Obata, I think, played a little bit inside. He, uh, you know, obviously that Eli uh, Anku, uh, who was a practice squad call up, who's been playing pretty well for them, too. But Phillips has just, you know, him and Ed Oliver were, you know, they came to the post game press conference today together. I haven't gotten a chance to go back and listen to that yet. I'm obviously uh, at home and I was on one of the Zoom calls talking to Rousseau and Greg and Dawson Knox. But. That's This is a type of situation where now that you have Oliver, who's playing at a high level, he has been all year, but the sacks are starting to come, which is a good sign. But Phillips is just doing a little bit of everything. He truly is looking like the guy that he looked like back in 19, maybe even better. I mean, Ryan, I think his last three to four game stretch has been really good. I mean, Pro Bowl quality good for Harrison Phillips.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And listen, even before Star was out, uh, for personal reasons, you saw Harrison Phillips kind of draw a start, cut into that snap count, and he played at an extremely high level today in this game. He had three quarterback hits, uh, one sack that you mentioned. He's making plays in the run game. So he's been very stout in the middle of that defense. It's been a welcome addition. Uh, yes, Atlanta's only touchdown of the game did come on the ground, but I, I thought overall the, the defensive front had a really nice game today and that Harrison Phillips in the middle – like you said, had one of the best, if not the best, game of that unit.
0: All right. So looking through uh, some comments here, uh, Phillips has been uh, good, but I still think we need a bigger pass rush DT next year in the draft. And I don't, I don't think anybody's saying that that's not the case. Mm. Like, listen, I, I think that Ed Oliver and Harrison Phillips kind of reaching this level of play is is great news for the Bills defense. But you know, I don't think I don't think that position is is off the table for free agency the draft you know i think they got to continue to kind of tweak these lines to make them as deep and as you know impactful as they can just like i'd say like yeah ryan bates has played pretty well and i don't know if you noticed it ryan somebody tweeted it and i missed this at the end of the game brian over on youtube is mentioning the star did play today i didn't notice him so that's good that's good to know we'll check out the snap counts tomorrow but somebody said that ryan bates got injured late in the game and i did not Mm -hmm. notice that did you
1: Yes, I did. Um, th- they even made a little point to it on the broadcast. So I'm, you know, I don't know the severity of it at all. Uh, hopefully, nothing too serious. There's and there's obviously a point in the game too where Spencer Brown was down for a little bit. So uh, the line took some shots today or, and took some hits, but I, I don't know the severity of Bates's injury. But yes, uh, they, they did make a little mention of it on the broadcast today. Okay, let's go to something that you wrote about post game, man. Let's talk a little Marquez Stevenson in terms mm-hmm. of that return game. Early in the game, first punt of the game, he he fields it, he takes a hit, fumbles it in the end. Well, it to the about the one yard line. Then, bunch of guys are scrambling for it. It goes in the end zone. The Bills have a safety. I believe on his, uh, his best punt return of the game, he also kind of muffed that initially, picked it up, and then ended up going about 19 yards downfield on that. So. There's been some issues we saw as well a little bit earlier this year. What are your thoughts on how he played today on what Sean McDermott said, which you can kind of get into a little bit more here in case anyone at home that's watching uh, didn't hear McDermott's comments and where the bills go from here.
0: I want to start off with like, you know, what we set up here uh, in the, in the article, because, you know, it's been something that has been discussed quite a bit amongst bills van is the mistake that Isaiah McKenzie made in the Indianapolis game I, I Somebody mentioned a, another fumble and I, I feel like he did have a muff at some point, but according to pro football reference, Isaiah McKenzie only has one fumble registered this season. I thought he maybe had two. I went back and I looked through it. I'm still seeing one on there. So maybe there was a muff and it wasn't credited. I'm not sure. But that's 41 kick return slash punt returns for Isaiah McKenzie this season, and the one fumble, albeit a very big one in the Indianapolis Colts game, he was benched. Now Marcus Stevenson here now he's got 21 now uh, that it, after a couple today that brings his total in 21 in four or five games, uh, and now he has two fumbles on the season. Uh, and this one today was costly; it cost the Bills two points, gave the ball back to to New England, and Sean McDermott was asked about why he stuck with them. And, and he said he thought it was important to to keep Stevenson in the game. Here's the quote. Those are hard ones for a coach. The ball is so important. We turned it over there uh, three or four times today. However, you want to count that one. It's hard to win when you do that. And that was a valuable lesson for him. And I hope uh, a stepping stone in his career. Listen, I think what it comes down to for me, when I'm evaluating the difference between McKenzie and Stevenson is where's the confidence level in them when they have the ball in their hands and even right before they do have the ball in their hands on these kicks and i feel like from the 41 that i watched from mckenzie and the 21 now that i've watched with stevenson i'm much more uneasy watching stevenson field these kicks and punts than i was previously with mckenzie despite that big uh that big blunder and as the weather has kind of changed i mean this is a south florida guy stevenson i know that that's no excuse and he's a young player i'm sh- I- i'm sure there's there's room for him to grow and develop. And that's something that, you know, obviously the bills are so intent on allowing for with their players, but you are in a, in a time of the season where these kinds of mistakes, you might not be playing a Falcons team where you can overcome. You go, you do, go do that against the, the Kansas city chiefs and you give the ball back to them and they come down and score a point touchdown and they go up nine, nothing early. That's a really tough mountain to kind of climb and obstacle to overcome. So I just think it's something that they really have to evaluate this thing and, you know, McKenzie's had his own issues over the years returning kicks. I just I'm just saying from a feel standpoint, I feel a little bit more comfortable with McKenzie back there than Stevenson at this point.
1: Yeah. And I don't blame you. And listen, you know, McDermott kind of already said he didn't have confidence in Isaiah McKenzie at one point this year as a return man. And it is what it is. But McKenzie, I felt like ripped off better returns or, or more consistent returns. And yes, some of them were called back on holding penalties and, and flags and things like that. There was one in that Tennessee game that he would have won. <laughs> Uh, single-handedly with that return late in the game. It, I feel like Stevenson, even if, you know, you count that fumble that he had today when he took the initial hit, or, or the one, you know, you're, I see a comment saying it wasn't a muff, it, didn't, it never actually hit the ground. I, I get that. There was a little bobble there, though, on the on it. Uh, it. It makes you a little uneasy, but even on the returns themselves, he seems to take a minute to try to try to figure out where to go. And he always seems to run into his own players or stop his own momentum, take some serious shots last week against the Patriots. He took one really hard hit where he was kind of knocked back in the area. Another one today uh, where uh, he was speared by an Atlanta defender on on special teams. So he's taken some really hard hits too, and not putting himself in the greatest position either.
0: Uh, John over on YouTube asked, do you think Marquez could be due roll and give you the game Isaiah had last week? Nope. I do think eventually the idea is to have Stevenson as a part of the offense. I don't think that there's snaps available to him now. You know, it's a situation where he's a young player that didn't play for most of the year and is getting thrown in at a time that is, you know, the mistakes are amplified. And they're going to be even more so amplified as we move into the games. To come here, I mean, probably not so much next week against the Jets. Although they gave uh, the Bucks everything they can handle today, that's that's I wouldn't just sit there and mark that a W. I mean, the Jets um, obviously are they they don't have nearly the talent that the Bills do, but we've seen, especially if there's elements, the issues that could be a play. And Zach Wilson, I did not watch that game, but for him to kind of go down there uh, or to to play in New York against. That team, that's a pretty impressive uh, deal for him. He's somebody I've been pretty critical of. Let me see the, the numbers here for him. Zach Wilson today against the Bucs, 19 of 33, 56, uh, 58% completion rate, 234 a touchdown, and maybe the most important uh, stat, zero interceptions. Uh, it wasn't uh, a splashy game for the the Jets in, in any stretch. I mean, 28-24, they lose. They don't turn the ball Over, it doesn't seem like – let me see the fumbles here. Oh, yeah, they lost a fumble, so they did turn it over once. Each team turned it over once. But, again, it's going to be a challenging news. Somebody else asking about the Bates injury, we were just talking about that. The Bills didn't put anything out on that, I'm sure – um, Sean McDermott's not going to get too much into the weeds on that even tomorrow. So we'll have to kind of wait and see how that thing, how that, uh, transpires. But I thought, you know, overall, I thought the line played pretty good again today, especially in the run game. I guess we can go there and, and, and what that looks like moving forward. I think they continue to probably roll with what they had out there today.
1: Yeah, I, I like the offensive line play. This is the second week in a row that they have not allowed a sack to, on Josh Allen. And, yes, Josh Allen had some plays where he rolled out, he scrambled, he ran. But I also there were plenty of plays where he had a lot of time to scan the field, look around. Uh, it's just the passing game wasn't there today for the Bills for whatever reason, the elements, the uh, the routes. the you know, It looked like Beasley kind of stopped his route on one, one of the interceptions. But they, they played really well there. And we already talked about the run game. The Bills ran for over 200 yards today between Allen, between Singletary and Moss. They had a really good game, four touchdowns on the ground. So I I think the offensive line is coming together at the right time. Yes, there's some uh, players that have been banged up, there's some players that have been out, but they seem to be trending in the right direction with one game left in this regular season.
0: Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. From hot to go pizza and appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs to delicious salads and brownie trays. Tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. You know, we got a couple, I think, uh, messages after the game. I do have one uh, from somebody that, you know, DM me in terms of what's your level of concern Based on what happened in this game, I guess like 30,000 foot view of the offensive struggles, the, the run average, I think in this game for the Falcons rushing yards. So they rushed for 96 average 4.4 4 a carry. I think in totality, you know, they, the, the, the Falcons offense wasn't really that impressive. I, I would say that the Bills defense again, you know, there were a couple decent runs for, you know, Mike, uh, Mike Davis. Uh, A couple good runs for Cordero Patterson, but for the most part, I feel like they limited their offense. The one big play happened when Kyle Pitts, uh, got loose down the, down the left Mm -hmm. sideline. Dane Jackson lost him a little bit. He hurt himself on the play. He came back, but I don't think he was really the same. And, you know, maybe that helped the Bills out. I I made some argument. I saw somebody argue that had he stayed in the game, it would have been trouble for the Bills. And yeah, I think he, you know, he's always going to be somebody you got to kind of account for, but I'd argue that even if had he stayed in the game and been healthy, it would have just kind of intensified the attention on Kyle Pitts the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, uh, agreed. I mean, great play by Pitts, and then, like you said, shortly thereafter, hamstring injury, it seemed like uh, wasn't nearly as effective when they tried to get him back out there after the fact and to the point where they kept him on the sidelines, kept a code on him. But he he showed with that 161-yard reception what he could do, whether it was – Uh, breaking away from a Dane Jackson uh, tackle attempt, stiff-arming Micah Hyde on that play, moving downfield, showing that athleticism off. It's why Atlanta passed on taking a quarterback in this draft class and going with a a tight end who has now gone over 1,000 yards receiving in his Mm -hmm. rookie year. Now, mind you, we've talked about going back and we've talked about things like that uh, in terms of decision-making i think atlanta right now would probably rather have a quarterback from this class maybe to develop because the next time they're going to be in that top four top five range it might be some time especially because now they're in that seven win category they're not going to be up there this year's draft class isn't that great anyways and you're still have matt ryan under contract so you know probably looking back did they make the right decision we'll know in a few years if, if they can find a quarterback whether it's free agency or the draft but uh, Pitts was the real deal in terms of this Bills defense. Uh, I thought they did have a pretty strong day overall. There was a few, like you said, big plays here and there, but they only allowed one touchdown in this win, and they were excellent on third and fourth down conversions for when Atlanta was on the field. I think Atlanta was one for seven on third down today and zero for one on fourth down. Uh, that fourth down, of course, being a fourth and goal from about the sixteen after Matt Ryan taunted, thinking he had scored a touchdown. Uh, one of the funnier plays of the game, I suppose, unless you're a Falcons fan, but uh, definitely showed up to play today on this defensive side of the ball. So uh, overall, just another strong performance, considering that a uh, game where they were without their number one cornerback with Trey, you know, I thought this was the game where Matt Ryan was going to test them downfield and he tried too early. I thought that Dane Jackson and Levi Wells held up pretty well for the most part.
0: Yeah, I think they both had pass breakups uh, yes. at some point in the game, which uh, is something you want to see. Again, I don't think this is an offense that's necessarily dangerous. And I, I know Matt Ryan pushed the ball down the field at times, but he's not somebody that's going to you know, scare me uh, personally. You know, Josh Allen, let's get into his game a little bit today, because, you know, I think if, if there was another maybe um, alarming you know, performance, you probably could say Josh Allen throwing three interceptions is, you know, uh, it's jarring a little bit if you're a Bills fan. But I will say he was kind of forcing the issue a little bit, trying to take things. I think in hindsight, he knows a lot of those decisions weren't good. And I think that that maybe in a lot of ways this was – you know, almost like an energy dump off of how composed he was against the Patriots last week. Mm. He was kind of just a little bit wild today. And I, I think it's maybe good to flush something like this, get this out of your system uh, because, you know, you don't want to have this happen against a better team and you're going to start facing them in two weeks uh, when you host the most likely host a playoff game. And I think that the turnovers the bright side of the thing, like you never want to see your quarterback playing like that yeah, hero ball style, trying to force everything. But with it happening, I almost felt like it did – shine a light on the effectiveness of this offense, even when they're shooting themselves in the foot earlier this season, had they had a game like this where they had three turnovers. I don't know if this team overall is overcoming it. And you look at some of the, 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 the marker stats, the really important ones. When you look at the the, the stat sheet seven for 12 on third down for the bills, one for one on fourth down on an aggressive call by Sean McDermott to get that first touchdown and then four for five in the red zone. I know we talked about the running game being effective, but being that effective in the red zone when your quarterback pretty much stopped throwing in the second half, it's it's quite a, a, an achievement. And I think could, you know, at least do some good moving forward for the Bills offense.
1: Yeah, it, you know, you raised some great points. But going to Allen is the pass as a passer today. It, it is a little alarming that he had the three interceptions. The first one he had no business throwing. Uh, there were four or five Falcons defenders around uh, the the Bills receivers in the ends on there. He had done a really nice job of extending that play, being near the sideline. I thought maybe he could have run for a few extra yards to set up a field goal. You're already up fourteen to two at that point. 17-2 uh, to two would have been a, a pretty nice little lead there going into or being in the second quarter, but he forces the issue. It gets intercepted. Um, he has the one interception that uh, I mentioned, the Beasley play, where it went over Beasley, and yes, I, I know he was jammed, Beas- that being Beasley on the play, but uh, just kind of a miscommunication there because Beasley did kind of give up on the route after, that, after said bump. And then the third one that was deflected with the spy pretty much standing right in front of him, it's not what you want to see, especially when the defense then gives up a five-play 80-yard drive after the first interception and then a field goal on the second to give Atlanta a lead going into halftime. Uh, but the Bills' defense buckled down after the third interception. They forced a punt from, I believe it ended up being their 37-yard line after uh, Atlanta took a delay of game to, to go back five yards. That was kind of a, you know a decision where they didn't believe in their kicker to make that field goal. Uh, So they punted deep within Bill's territory, but that's all they needed. And the Bills were really effective on the ground. They put the game away. They ended up winning by two scores, which ended up, you know, pretty much mirroring that betting line. The betting line, I think, ended up at 14 and a half points, but the Bills ended up winning just by uh, 14 in this game. But you're right. Earlier this season, who's to say they'd come out and and score those two touchdowns after the fact and and still win by multiple scores in this game? They, They answered the bell. They took care of an inferior opponent. Now they have to do that one more time. And then, you know, going forward after that, come playoff time, they can't afford a three-interception performance. There's no denying that. If that happens in the uh, postseason, the Bills aren't going to be in the playoffs very long.
0: It's true. Speaking of the postseason, starting to crunch uh, some numbers here as we look at potential playoff matchups. So today, the New England Patriots absolutely smashed a Jaguars team that, you know, you probably watch that as a Bills fan and just cringe knowing what happened with when the bills and Jags played earlier this year, I think the final score was something wild. I think it was like what 50 to 10. So as the standings sit now, the Titans get a win over the Miami dolphins who revealed themselves today. I think that that was kind of what everybody was expecting. Once they faced the playoff team again, they're not very good on offense and and it showed and, uh, I think New England should be able to go down there and, and take care of business next week. And you know if the Bills take care of business uh, against the Jets, you're most likely, Ryan, looking at a 4-5 matchup between the Bills and the Patriots. There are some different results that can push things around, but where is your confidence level at going around three with the New England Patriots, Josh Allen versus Bill Belichick, and starting up that whole fun party once again mm. for maybe another uh, showdown this year?
1: Well, compared to some of the other opponents that they could play in the wildcard match, I think my confidence would be pretty high for that matchup. Again, you mentioned the Colts as a potential first-round matchup. Um, I, I think the Bills can beat Indianapolis, but we also saw how effective they were on the ground, how they ended up winning in a lopsided fashion in that first matchup. They they do match up very well with Buffalo in terms of what they do well. Their strength versus Buffalo's weaknesses um and then it really depends on who else is in that wild card picture at the end of next week obviously it could be the chargers it could be and and there's not gonna be enough room time for them to move up maybe to where buffalo would need them to be or the raiders um so i i think that the patriots are the most likely matchup right now and I, i have pretty high confidence level you know Come January, there could be another game with 45, 55-mile-per-hour wins, but we already know what Mac Jones is in this game, and, and he's a guy that throws at the line of scrimmage. He wants his receivers to then take the ball move the chains. They have an effective one-two punch at running back. Both of them, I believe, scored today, I think, three touchdowns between the two top backs uh, in, in New England. The Bills didn't see Stevenson in that second matchup. Uh, but I, I just like Buffalo in that game if there's not 55 mile an hour wins, I think Josh Allen can still throw it all over them with he can be a very patient quarterback. the receivers can make plays. We're seeing more from the running game uh, Talent versus talent overall I just think Buffalo has a lot more of it so my confidence level would be pretty high in that matchup.
0: It's interesting. there's a bunch of different matchups that can happen you know the bills could you know open with the, the Patriots they could open with potentially the Colts uh, in a rematch of last year's wild card uh, matchup, depending on what happens with them, I mean, them losing to the Raiders today really opens up the door for a ton of uh, of different ones. Interestingly enough, Ryan, I tweeted out a potential scenario where the Bills this could be their potential path to a Super Bowl, a home game against the Patriots in the wild card round a road game back in Nashville against the Titans in the divisional round and if it gets real crazy potentially a home AFC title game against a seven or six seed Indianapolis Colts could you imagine the story if the Bills had to go through that gauntlet after the you know the games they played against those three teams in the regular season it would be it would be quite something
1: it, it would be really interesting and listen you know the Titans really put a Uh, Beat down on the Dolphins today, and the news leading up to today's 1 o'clock slate of games is that Derrick Henry is probably going to start practicing this week for Tennessee. Might not play in the season finale, but seems ready to go for the playoffs. They're getting healthy at the right time in terms of their playmakers. That's what made Tennessee so dangerous earlier this season when Henry was running, when they had A.J. Brown, who didn't have much of a game today, but he had a really nice game last week. Who who knows what's going to happen uh, with Julio Jones, that hamstring? He, he's always seemed to be a little bit banged up. But they're getting healthy at the right time. This The AFC is just wild to me, Matt, because you look across the board and there's not one team I can sit here and say I have the utmost confidence to, to be a guaranteed lock for the Super Bowl. You've seen Kansas City lose to Buffalo. They lost to the Bengals today. Um, you know we've seen them lose to some of these other teams that are in the playoff mix, or put or have some of these other teams put up a really good fight against them. There's highs and low. Tennessee beat them as well. Uh, there's highs and lows for all of these teams this season. The AFC is just so wide open that it's going to be really fun to watch and see how this all unfolds.
0: Before we came on today, Ryan, um, I don't know if I if I'm allowed to say this, but I heard your wife singing. Um, The theme song to uh, Golden Girls in the background. It really, it really got me feeling some type of way. Growing up, my, at my grandparents' house, I would go over every weekend, I would go to my dad's parents and my grandmother, Grandma Blondie, she loved the Golden Girls. I mean, you know how like nowadays, like if you walk into somebody's house, they really like, maybe they're watching The Office all the time or something like that. Like you, like me, like back (laughs) when it was on Netflix, she always had the Golden Girls on. So much so that I, I know the entire song. Uh, thank you for being a friend. Uh, if, I, as soon as I hear that song, it puts me in a good mood. And it was obviously so, this, the news this, this week, so sad. Actually, I think it was yesterday, right? Betty White, uh, passing away right before her hundredth birthday. Um, an icon, an absolutely epic icon. But you're gonna put up a story because they played the the theme song on the on the on the up or on the game broadcast today, right?
1: Yeah, late in the game, you could hear it from uh, the stadium. The Bills were playing it. I I believe they were playing it when they showed that uh, the Ravens had lost to the Rams, and the Rams were the quote unquote friend in that matchup for helping them clinch the playoff berth. But, yeah, Mm. they they played it at Highmark Stadium today. There's a few videos out there. I love that. And and you're right. It's just one of those classic theme songs. I always like that second verse. You know, if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew. Take it, Prino.
0: No? You could see you'll see the best of you and me. Shoot, I don't remember the, the rest of the words with that. <laughs> Thank the you same, for being a friend. It was close. It was in the it was in the realm, right? No. What
1: dude? Come you on. would see the biggest gift would be for me, and the Wait card attached would say, "I said the, the second verse was my favorite." Do you have? That's what do, I was you have
0: do you have the the lyrics up on your computer? No, I don't have. It the looks l- like it looks like you're reading off of the screen right now. That's ah. it, man. yeah, I'm disappointed in myself. I, I a lot of times I I forget words. Um, yeah, Lone Wolf says <laughs> don't quit your day jobs. We won't. Um, uh, we should have brought our wives on to sing to sing the theme song. That probably yes. would have been better. Absolutely. All right. Um, we're gonna get wrapped up here. Whenever we start singing, yeah, logging off now. Alex, smart idea. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. Ryan, terrible. Yeah, I it was.
1: Right. My my singing is pretty bad. I'm I'm the first to admit it. But you know. You Have to do what you have to do for for Betty White.
0: So. Yeah, respect to Betty White. Uh, phenomenal career, phenomenal life lived. Uh, if you're hosting a large party next week, this week, next month, check out Tops's huge selection of party platters for a delicious, effortless, and affordable, no stress way to impress. For complete details, stop by their carryout cafe or visit TopsMarkets.com/slash/FantasyFoodball. The Bills move to ten and six on the season. Uh, have a chance to win their 11th next week and clinch the AFC East. We will have full coverage for you next week. Chris on YouTube says bat, Matt bad with lyrics and apples. Chris, <laughs> I'm going to ban you from the comment section. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, I know. Uh, I come around on the apples, although I did have a bad honeycrisp the other day. I don't know. They might be out. Although is, are they out of season now? Is that, is that, well, part yeah, of it?
1: they're definitely, yeah, definitely out of season at this point.
0: All right, I, We actually got one Honeycrisp dude that was the size Of like An oversized softball It was the biggest apple I've ever seen in my life It made me uncomfortable, I threw it out Like my wife brought it home, <laughs> I, threw it I threw it out I threw it out, I didn't want it in the house It made me uncomfortable, it made me feel Like, did you ever watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids Yes you know, honey, honey, I Blew Up the Kids, it felt like that Like I felt like it was just an oversized apple There was something wrong with it I, I was uncomfortable with it <laughs>
1: I don't even know what to say to that. That's just okay. Nah, it cut is. it up yeah. and eat it. That's
0: all. No, it was too big. It was enhanced somehow. I wasn't comfortable with it. All right, <laughs> we're gonna get out of here for Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. We'll be back on Wednesday. We might. We're probably gonna do two shows this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have a guest, if not, we'll do one big one. All right, for Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the win. Enjoy the week. We'll see you. A Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.